welcome to the Work Rate Podcast. This is our AEW review. I am Mike Fenn, and I am joined, thank God, by Brad Hardcastle this week. He is back from the Ice Age. <laughs> All right. So yeah, so if for anyone who didn't know, uh, Brad was without power and living pretty much in a in a hotel last week in Oklahoma. He his city got hit with an with an ice storm. So uh so I went in it alone last week. I'm happy he's back because uh that I was very anxious last week with that, but I th- I think it went pretty well. You did a good job, man. You did really good. Yeah, no, it was good. It was a I I've never talked to myself for an hour and a half before, so that was interesting. <laughs> Okay, so oh, it's, okay. it's the best conversation you'll have is with yourself. Okay, so for this episode, because we have there's actually a lot of AW news this week, and because um, Full Gear is this weekend, I'm going to be watching it on Sunday because it's my partner's birthday Saturday night. So, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Partner, uh, family over wrestling. All right, so yeah, so yeah. there's a lot of AW going on. So I'm going to kind of I'm going to skip BTE this week, and I'm going to uh, mostly skip uh, Dark. So I'll just start. Well, I'll I'll say a little bit uh, on for BTE this week. There was a nice little segment. I believe it was BTE. It could have been Dark, but I'm pretty sure it's BTE where uh, they highlighted the uh, Brandon. Cut, they did like a nice tribute to the Brandon Cutler versus uh, Peter Avalon story that they've been doing for the first year of Dark and on BTE. It was a really nice segment. People should watch that. It's good. Yeah, that was that was good. I liked it. It it recapped everything for you. It was mm-hmm. a really good segment. Is that if you're gonna watch any? I don't remember anything else from BTE this week. So watch I think that's that. all I it's, was able to watch was yeah. just that opening part. But it was really good. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on to the news this week. There's actually a lot of news. Some actually super exciting news for Brad and I specifically because we are very big uh, video game enthusiasts. I don't like saying gamers because it's weird now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But anyways, so AEW is launching an AEW is launching AEW games. And that is their YouTube channel, their Twitter, their Instagram. They have a little teaser video. Um, they actually patented AW Games, I think a week ago, the name. Um, and they also did a patent for what looked like a mobile game, like a mobile be a GM game. Um a few that sounds we- kinda cool. A few weeks ago as well. So there and we all know that there is rampant speculation about the the console game that's coming out presumably for ps5 and xbox um it would have to be at this point yeah one week till it, those come it out. would be and this would be good new a good time to announce a game with the launch of the new consoles mm-hmm. but anyways um there's lots of speculation because supposedly they have been working they were originally in negotiations with and probably still working with sin sophia which is for the former Aki, so they would be doing the Aki engine, which is oh No Mercy, gosh. WrestleMania 2000, oh. WCW versus NWO. Essentially, just the greatest wrestling just games. Just the best, yeah. Just the best wrestling games of all time. So that's very exciting. So people, they're wondering if um, it could be one of three things or all of them, and that is 
they've been doing a lot of Twitch through uh, a with the AEW uh, talent lately, and as well as so that would be like Dungeons and Dragons, Among mm-hmm. Us playthroughs, all kinds of fun stuff. So people are thinking that they're gonna have like a a YouTube channel for all the different Twitch accounts to host. Oh, that'd be cool. Which would which be cool and smart, and also there there's rumors like obviously is are they going to announce the video game and also are they going to announce the mobile game and i think we're we're probably going to hear about from all three i would assume um because there's no way they know that if they and make a teaser for something called aw uh aw games and they make a big announcement trailer the people are going to be wanting to hear about the video game they're not yeah. that stupid these are smart yes. people. Kenny's a smart man. He knows that they'll just friggin' burn down Jacksonville. Yeah, well, I <laughs> even saw, like, game journalist uh, Greg Miller from Kind of Funny was tweeting about it yesterday. Oh, about shit, how he's really? excited. Yeah, because he loves wrestling games, and so he's he's hoping that it's, like, we were just talking about that it goes back to, like, the, the 64 era type controls Ooh. and stuff. Ooh. Maybe I'll tweet at Greg Miller see if we can <laughs> see, yeah. see if we can pick his brain on this because that would be fun. Yeah, um, big fan of Greg Miller, big fan of those games. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so then the next news I saw mm-hmm. there was just an interview. I don't remember where it was, so forgive me for not quoting the source for this. But uh, Thunder Rosa released a statement, not released a statement, but she did an interview where uh, she was talking about how. Wherever she signs, they need to allow her to run her side businesses. So that would be <laughs> her... I can't remember the name of her promotion. But she runs a promotion um, that's an that's an all-women's promotion. Um, she also runs a bunch of other side businesses. She does her MMA, similar to Jake Hager. And <laughs> she has said that she wants to continue to do all those things. They're, it's very important to her. And But she says that uh, she doesn't like the way WWE handles the, the side businesses of the wrestlers. So at this point, it <laughs> looks like she will not be going there unless something drastic happens on that end. And I she said that she said NWA has been very good at allowing her to continue her businesses on the side so and for the time being she is signed with them she said until uh 2021 so whether it's until 2021 or in, or until the end of 2021 not sure but uh and she also said uh she said AEW might allow that as well so though it looks like AEW is still in the cards NWA is definitely in the cards but she wants to be a big fish on a major in a major company so i'm thinking it's still pro i think it's she'll still probably end up aw eventually especially and at the very least she's going to be on aw shows i can almost mm-hmm. guarantee that because of the working relationship the the nwa and aw continue to have and speaking of which um Serena Deeb and Allison Kay are going to be the buy-in match for this coming full gear. Allison Kay has not signed yet. She is formerly with NWA. She just became a free agent. Uh, AEW has yeah. not signed her, 
but she would be the perfect signing for AEW because oh yeah she's, she's great yeah she's a veteran she knows how to work she can talk and she's a leader in the locker room she would be mm-hmm. she would turn into the leader of the AEW locker room overnight she would, yeah by far i mean well her and serena d but the difference between her and serena d is she has a lot more tv experience she's been in impact mm-hmm. she's been in nwa and i think she's been in ring of honor i don't know for sure on that one i thought she I'm had pretty but... sure she has yeah she's wrestled in wwe too during the may young classic and yep she did so she's been everywhere yeah she and she just recently wrestled um well actually i'll get to it with my next point after this so this is going to be a great match. This has moved the Silver and Orange Cassidy match up to the main card, which is great because that's going to be a major draw, and that needs mm-hmm. to be on the main card. Yeah. And I liked this. I I thought this might have been the move that was coming with this match because um, when Tony Khan moved the Orange Cassidy match up to the main card, he said that he was negotiating for a new uh buy-in match i was like negotiating negotiating with who and i looked over i was like oh right allison k just became a free agent and then literally an hour later it was announced so yeah. that that's going to be exciting and that's that's quick on their part unless they were they may have already been talking to her before but mm-hmm, mm-hmm. another piece of news i noticed um at the beginning of the of dynamite yesterday that Lindsay Snow, who I believe is called the American Kaiju, um, <laughs> was in the crowd. She's got a she's got long white dreads. She's completely tatted up. She she's got yeah. like face Head tattoos. Yeah, she is hard as a rock. She she's not very tall, but she 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 has legit MMA background, and and she was pink. in blood like she's stabbed. yeah she. Yeah, she was in. Uh, she was just in Bloodsport, and the two people she beat in the women's tournament were Layla Hirsch and Allison Kay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it looks like somebody she did really well in Bloodsport too. She's she won. Like, that's the first time I've really seen her. Yeah, she won. That's first. Yeah. Well, she was in the last Bloodsport, but this time I've, I. Oh, was she, she really? Did I, did, really well. I didn't see. I I I often don't get a chance to watch all the matches from those mm-hmm. events, and sometimes it's hard. The one thing I'll say about Bloodsport is sometimes I don't know who the people are because they'll get just get MMA fighters sometimes yeah. to, to be in it, and sometimes I have no idea who they are. So I'll sometimes I'll just skim through it, and if I don't know the name, I might not uh, I might not pick up on who it is. But yeah, she's yeah. she's excellent. It looks like somebody at AW has their eye on GCW and Bloodsport right now because mm-hmm. they are just bringing in those people left, right, and center, especially from the. Like you had Ben Carter, then you had uh, Layla Hirsch, then you have mm-hmm. Lindsay Snow, and yeah. she she's all, she's a look that they do not have. Yeah, and, that's true. It's probably they're probably looking at it with the connection from Joey Janela since he's still Joey Janela as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah, somebody and and Moxley just main evented Bloodsport. Yeah. Bloodsport. So, yeah. Like maybe we'll but just see Chris like the. They're like the hottest indie right now, so I'm sure everyone's mm-hmm. looking after him. Like we may, somebody's got to sign Chris Dickinson at some point, and uh, how Moxley's that guy's not been, signed is, I have no idea. Moxley's been talking up Chris Dickinson. Mm-hmm. Okay, so on to uh, 
So an an official two official signings, Anthony Bowens and Max Castor were signed, and they are called. I don't know if they're called the acclaim or the acclaimed. I haven't gotten confirmation on that. Uh, yeah, I don't I'm know. not sure if it was a typo because the acclaimed makes more <laughs> sense than the acclaim. Anyways, <laughs> but they're both trained by Creator Pro, I believe, which is the same place that trained MJF, the same place that trained Chris Statlander. Um, okay. And Anthony Bones is fantastic. He's really, really good. Um, he's definitely <laughs> the better of the two wrestlers of the two, whereas Max Caster is has more mic skills. He raps on oh, nice. <laughs> his promos are they're like John Cena raps. They're okay, nice. but he comes out to the ring uh like ripping on the uh on the opponents. It's, it's funny. It's a <laughs> it's a good bit. They're not they're not the greatest raps. He's an okay wrestler. I think he's a he's a little over the top when he's when he's being beaten, he's a little over the top. He seems a little like his arms are going noodly and stuff. Oh, okay. But yeah, I'm not too familiar with them, but I Bowens you, is really the good way you're though. describing him. It sounds great. Bowens Bowens is great though, and Bowens was actually the number three ranked guy in the Sean Spears uh, tag team. Oh um, yeah. Invitational thing that they were doing online for people to submit. He was. The from what I can, I mean, other than uh, Simon Miller, <laughs> was the only <laughs> legit wrestler who actually sent in a uh, an audition. And when he did, people were like, "Is that Anthony Bowens?" <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, no, he he's very good, and his he's got some unique moves that you do not see everywhere. And where why I'm excited about this, and there, I see lots of people saying like, "Oh, why are they signing?" more tag team guys they're a little bloated i think the reason why is first because they're young they're talented and representation um <laughs> like a aw justified was did not do well with they did not have a lot of black talent they had two <laughs> black men on their roster for the yeah. first like eight nine months of the company's existence and they really turned that around once the uh, pandemic hit and they started using indie talents. And then mm -hmm. once they saw the, some of these good indie talents and they were signing them, now we have Will Hobbs. Now we have um, Lee Johnson. Now we have mm -hmm. Caster and Bowens. Now, like, now we have Ricky Starks. Yeah. Like, good job, guys. I mean, yeah. I never one. I never once thought they were racist, but I did think they had a blind spot. Mm -hmm. Everybody has blind yeah. spots. That's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing. It's just somewhere where you can improve. They saw the yeah. criticism. No, they improved. I'm happy for that. But the other reason why I like it is it gives them more guys that are above the jobber status, but in the but in the lower tier status of the tag mm -hmm. division. So that you have guys in the mid-tier, and I'm not saying mid-tier talents, but just mid-tier within the kayfabe. So yeah. you have like Santana and Ortiz, Lucha Bros, TH2, SCU. So these guys aren't jungle the Jurassic Express. So these guys aren't always taking losses like yeah. Butcher and Blade. Because these guys are always taking losses to the Young Bucks, FTR, Best Friends, 
like those guys are the those guys are the, mm-hmm. the ranked guys are the top tier. Then you have your mid tier who all have losing records. And yeah, because they don't. Yeah, I see what you're saying. That's good and then you, and then you have area. yeah, and then you have the Janelle and Sonny. You have mm-hmm. um, Bowens and Caster. You have uh, Silver and Reynolds. These are guys that are they're legit. They can win, but they're not jobbers. Mm-hmm. So they have a losing record, but they're better than the jobbers on dark. Yeah. So those guys and can that way beat you can, themselves. That way you yeah. have tiers. And you can move them up if you need to or mm-hmm. keep them down. Or, yeah. Then you can have whenever, like, let's say FTR loses the belts, maybe they drop down then to the mid-tier and someone from the mid-tier jumps up, like Lucha Bros mm-hmm. or something like that, or Santana Ortiz. Because Santana Ortiz have just been eating losses. Yeah. That's and that's a shame because they're a really good tag team. Yeah, like you can't but, have A plus talents eating losses like that. You need lower, you need low tier teams for those teams to beat, and then yeah. have those teams be able to beat the jobbers on dark. Mm-hmm. It's a yeah. So you can't have like a meat buffet of like A plus talent <laughs> and have and just have one or two teams beating everybody. It doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, sure. so on to Dynamite this week. So Dynamite this week, I I thought it was a fantastic go home show. Oh yeah, I thought I there it. were there were some. It was just it gave you the segments that you needed. I looked at the card this week. I was just like, there's not a lot of great wrestling there. Just on paper, mm-hmm. it was just like there's going to be a lot of great segments, and that's what we got. Yeah. It was mostly just some of the best segments I've seen all year. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, so it it started with MJF versus Chris Jericho, and uh, it's just a little interview where uh, MJF tells Jericho, or yeah, he tells Jericho that last week there was some tension between them, and he doesn't want that. And Jericho uh, goes on to tell him that, um, you know what, man? He's like, I think you're soft. You don't have a killer mm-hmm. instinct. You check all the boxes, but you're soft. I have these killers behind me. You're not a killer. And uh, MJF says, you know what? I'm going to prove it to you while you're out there on commentary. I'm glad that you'll be there. And then they just transition right into their entrance music. It's pre- it's a beautiful transit. I love when AEW does that. They have some really cool transitions where they from where they're interviewing somebody and then they turn and they're at the gorilla position, yeah. which I guess isn't gorilla position in AEW. I think it's the dusty corner or something. Oh, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, so it was good. Yeah. And then we go into the MGF and Wardlow versus Sammy and Ortiz match. And I thought this was fantastic. It was kind of sneaky because I realized shortly into the match, I thought this was going to be like, oh, this is going to be like a MGF and Wardlow showcase kind of thing. But like to mm-hmm. build towards that, because that's how it was booked, was mm-hmm. to build towards MGF versus uh, Jericho. But it also was building Sammy versus I was say, versus Matt Hardy uh, at the Matt exact Hardy. same time. Yeah, this was like a Sammy Sammy showcase match. He did awesome in this match. It was a Sammy showcase match. Sammy was great. And uh also Tony uh Tony Shavoni point point Skiavone. Skiavone. He pointed out early <laughs> that uh Wardlow was doing all the heavy lifting and MJF <laughs> was playing off of that with like little underhanded like cheating moves after mm-hmm. Wardlow had just like completely like 
slammed always Ortiz. It was always Ortiz. Yeah. <laughs> Ortiz was in this match just to get the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> I love Ortiz, yeah. but that was his role. And um, yeah, aside from showcasing like the synergy between Wardlow and MJF, it was just Sammy. Yeah, he was all over the place in this match. He was hard to keep up with, bouncing mm-hmm. off everyone, jumping off the ropes. He was awesome. Oh yeah, he was fantastic. And then. Uh... How far into the match was it when Hardy showed up? I think it was probably the, uh, I think it was about two thirds of the way through, yeah. but yeah. Um, Sammy, he, he's on the outside. Oh no, it was, it was close to the end. He's on the outside. He's taking control of the match. I think at this point he's already hit, uh, he had already hit MJF with his, uh, GTH, which is his mm-hmm. finisher. And yeah. um, and then Wardlow was able to break it up. They go to the outside, and Matt Hardy, who's dressed as Serpentico, uh, wings a chair right in uh, <laughs> right in Sammy's face. And um, then Wardlow hit a triple power bomb on everybody. Oh yeah, that was awesome. It was a, like a triple super like power bomb, and big then time he, tower uh, doom power bomb. Hmm. And uh, he F10s Ortiz out of his pants. <laughs> and then, uh, and after, after, M- or after Sammy got hit with the chair, MJF was able to uh, get Sammy, or no, get Ortiz back in the ring, hit him with his uh, salt of the earth arm bore um, for the, for the tap out. And then as they're going up on the ramp, he, uh, he's gloating and, he just takes a run at Jericho. Yeah. And packs him. And, uh, yeah, that, that made me jump. I didn't expect him to do that. I was like, whoa. Yeah, it was good. It, like, Jericho's fighting back, but as he pulls him away, Jericho's smiling. He's checking mm-hmm. his teeth, and he's like, okay, I like I like this kid's kill This is instinct. what I wanted. Yeah. And while MJF was always doing his little underhanded deeds in the match, um, Jericho was just like, he was giving his approval. He's like, okay. Okay, I like this. This is this is what we need. This is what we need. And I thought that was, I thought it was really good. I thought the match was uh, four stars. It, it was great. It didn't do anything crazy, but Sammy really put on a show, and mm-hmm. I was really excited to. I didn't know that I was looking forward to a Sammy versus MJF potential feud down the line, or maybe partnership. Who knows? But they mm-hmm. they have some serious chemistry. Between the two of them, and I was, I was yeah, very they worked really well together. Yeah, it was good. I was really yeah, excited. Yeah, Sammy to see really that. impressed me. I mean, Sammy's always impressive. Then every once <laughs> in a while, MJF will pull out some of the some of the athleticism. They had a really cool uh, tandem kip up type thing that was cool. Yeah. That didn't that wasn't like your standard kip up thing. It was a little more like when MJF faces Jungle Boy, and you're like, oh. He can match mm-hmm. him in the athleticism department. He surprises you every once in a while, and it's sneaky, which which I like. Yeah. He doesn't have to do that stuff, but he will just to show you he can. Exactly. Okay, so next we had uh, uh, Tony Schiavone and Kenny interview in a house. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> in a house. We don't know what, whose house it is. Kenny says it's not my house. And then he kicks a dog out of the room. But yeah. yes, so it's uh, not my dog. 
Yeah. And there's <laughs> there's some like wrestling photos somewhere. So it's some it's a wrestler it's a wrestling family house. I don't know mm-hmm. whose house it is. I Did you notice some... who was in the picture? No. Did it you was know? his Yeah, it, it was his uncle who Kenny's uncle wrestled in Canada as the Golden Sheik and he used to manage um now I'm gonna blank on his name. Don Callis? Don Callis, yeah. It was yeah, okay. that guy. It was his uncle and Don Callis when they were younger. Okay, so I think it's it might be Don Callis's house. Mm-hmm. Then I heard yeah, I heard someone say is. it might be his house. And mm-hmm. I know they're good friends. Jericho's really good friends with them as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, so they're they're in this they're in this house and Tony asks them, How does he feel how did he feel facing replacements all the way through the tournament? And he said that he felt that in a in a sporting product, it's only proper to find it's it's only proper to find qualified replacements to face him. Like he didn't want to just have buys all the way through, and they mm-hmm. had to he had to get there on his own merits. And you can't really tell if he's if he's being believable there <laughs> or not. Like he sort of seems like he would have been fine to just go through. But knowing mm-hmm. that he he is the tournament guy, like that's his thing. Yeah. Um. Maybe he's just like, no, may, I I could have done an extra round, thank you. <laughs> In there, mm-hmm. like that's his thing. And then he says that, and um. Tony mentions that uh, it's Hangman on one side of the bracket, him on the other, and everyone knew how it was going to end between him and Hangman Page, and. And uh, Kenny says, well, I didn't think it was that obvious. He said, yeah. I had my money on Wardlow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, I got to really give it to Paige. I didn't think he had it. He's like, I know mm-hmm. he's talented and he's my tag team partner and happy for him. But uh, he's like, I thought Wardlow had his number. So I thought, I thought that re- was really cute. And um, the usual, he's just being the absolute dick. And then... Uh, Kenny asked Tony, he says, knowing my history as someone who's won every tournament I've ever I've ever entered, who would you bet on? And Tony says, Omega. And he says, and then Omega asks the audience the same thing by saying that, uh, and then saying that he's destined to win and become the champion. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, yeah, he's just the most arrogant asshole right now yeah and i just i just ate it up I was, I was, mm-hmm. it was really good he's feeling himself as the kids say mm-hmm. yeah um north american audiences have haven't seen heel kenny heel kenny is obnoxious mm-hmm. <laughs> like like they think he's gonna come in and be like like he won't be the face of the company he's gonna be like the absolute most patronizing asshole the whole time and I'll, it'll be really interesting to see if we do get fans while he's like this. If the fans will boo him or cheer him, I'm not sure. I would have a hard, uh, I would have a hard time booing him. him. Yeah, I would have a hard time booing him because he's one of my favorites of all time, and is probably mm-hmm. the best wrestler in the world. The thing that is perfect is his first real heel match will be against Hangman who when they were a tag team together was getting the bigger pops and the bigger cheers mm-hmm. than Kenny so that's actually perfect booking to do yeah. the first uh heel Kenny match against him so i'm excited for that 
Okay, then yeah, we have that's gonna be good. Then we have Trent versus Miro, which was this was I was surprised how excited I felt about about this because Miro's character and his matches so far have been pretty lackluster mm-hmm. in AEW, and this is coming from a huge Miro from a huge Rusev fan. Like I have loved him and loved his work all the like in in WWE, and then. When he came over, I was super excited, and I thought they've kind of, so far, they've dropped the ball. I don't think that'll be the case all the way through, because his talent is going to rise to the top. But um, yeah, I was pleasantly surprised when I saw this match starting out. I was, I was getting excited for this, because I was like, okay, we finally get a Miro singles match, and that's what it is. I want Miro singles matches. I don't really yeah. want him tied to Kip Sabian. But, like, I wonder how long they're going to run with that storyline of him and Kip together. I don't know, because I think the big weakness for Miro is his talking. At least right mm-hmm. now. At least without a script. He might be somebody who's actually maybe a bit better with a script. Like, let him come up with the ideas, but have mm-hmm. somebody who can put the words better yeah. together for him and then have him deliver them. But this match was fantastic. I yeah, thought I love this match. Miro looks so strong. There were three or well two two times where Miro caught uh, Trent's um, tornado DDT. We just caught him and just suplexed him over his shoulder yeah. like he was a rag doll. Um, and he just manhandled uh, Trent this whole time, and eventually Trent was able to uh, use his quickness and reversals to to and his speed to wear down Miro a bit. But then Miro <laughs> got got the better of him um and was able to finish him with the uh, not the accolade with the game over game over and yeah. he game has over, man. game over there was one spot my favorite spot of the match um trent went for the sexy chucky knee and <laughs> miro caught it and just hit him with the nastiest spinning uranagi yeah that was nice <laughs> i love that uranagi that was real nice mm-hmm I uh, it was really good, and there was some Chuck versus Kip action out there. Um, the Dark Order showed up at one point. Yeah, because um, Cassidy was out George there. Cassidy took Penelope's sunglasses, and then Silver showed up. Yeah, took Silver showed Cassidy up. Out. They took Cassidy out, and then Miro of all things chased them off. He just sort of like mm-hmm. puffed his chest up at them, and they ran away. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then after the match, uh, Miro grabs the mic and he says, uh, "He says, he says you have no manners, and this is because of your mother." And I'm like, eh, this is yeah. this is okay. This is where you lose me. It doesn't. <laughs> it do- it's fine. It's just it's just silly. <laughs> like there doesn't seem much to it, but the mat the match banged, and yeah. I would hope that a tag match probably would as well, because. I thought Kip Sabian's best matches were when he was working with uh, Jimmy Havoc. So if they can work out their style, but Miro's never been a tag wrestler, and I don't know yeah. if that's where he, where he's best suited. But I thought overall, I gave the match a three point seven five. Um, may could have been a four without some of the cheesy talking. But uh, yeah, I thought. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on that. Three point seven five. That's that's one, pretty good. One thing I did, I did like. Oh, oh, 
Go I think ahead. you're probably going to say it. Uh, I was going to talk about the beginning. Yes. Their video I, package yeah, when there Trent called him his young boy. I like that. that. That's what got me so hyped about the match. It's like, oh, okay, here we go. Yeah, it was really good. Tied it back was, to their FCW days. Yeah, it was a you. It was a. Um, I think they call it social media exclusive, but it was an interview between mm-hmm. uh, Excalibur between Trent and uh, and and Miro. Yeah, well, back when they were in WWE, when I guess uh, Miro was his was his bag boy. And he was he he had to uh, chauffeur him around. He would Trent would drive him to and from the to and from the gym. He would show him around WWE, and he's just like, uh, "I'm going to turn you into my young boy again." And I was like, "Ooh, mm-hmm. yeah, like, okay." And the, this was like Trent's really good on the mic when he's not yeah. being again when he's not being too corny. He can he can really throw out some really good insults. So. Uh, yeah, I think this ma- if this match turns more into Trent versus, or if this feud turns more into Trent versus Miro, I'm really excited. A little less so if it's the tag teams, but I'm willing to give it a shot. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it's heading towards a tag team match. But yeah, I mean, I know it will, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> okay, so Hangman interview with Jr. This another one. This is where Jr excels for me yeah i I think this is what they should use jr for mostly is backstage Mm -hmm. interviews i agree i know he probably Uh, doesn't want to but i think no i think that's where he excels uh but i like i think if you replace jr with taz and then had Mm -hmm. uh my that's my dream commentating matchup is uh is tony x and taz is what i think would be fantastic Anyways. Yeah, because right now Tony and Jr. they kind of fill the same role, like the older, wiser commentator. Mm-hmm. They're both that same role. They do. It's a, and I know Jr. has said that he doesn't really like three man booths because people step on they step on each other's toes too often. Mm-hmm. He said he likes two man booths. So I don't know. Man. I think with some of the snafus that Jr. has had, that maybe transitioning Taz into that role might be good because. I keep hearing more and more when people start watching Dark that they love the chemistry between Excalibur and Taz. And oh, it's on, it's honestly the main reason why I watch AEW Dark. Mm-hmm. But yeah, anyway, It's great. And then when yeah. Taz is out there, you can bring out Ricky Starks whenever you want. Yep, yep. <laughs> All right, so let's get to this. So yeah, this interview is another excellent one. And it's a hangman's in a chair. He's got a drink in his hand his feet is up and he asks hey man how he feels he says he seems drunk he says <laughs> the when you saw the bracket you knew you knew who would be in the finals so mirroring the previous interview and mm-hmm. he said that uh he said that and hangman said that allowed him a lot of time to think about the uh to think about the match with kenny and that he's been preparing for it for a long time because he knew Kenny would be in the finals, and he knew he would, and he knows he's going to whoop his ass. So it's like, yeah. and then Jr. says that uh, you guys were the best tag team the AW's ever had. He says that he asks Hangman if that'll go play a, play a role in his strategy, and Hangman says that uh, he knows all his moves. He knows how to reverse them. He's like, you tell me. He's like, he's like, yeah, I, he's like, of course it will. 
And then JR says, you're lying. He says, you're lying to me. He's like, <laughs> you seem nervous. You've been uh, guzzling that bourbon this whole time. He's like, and I'm, I'm sure as hell that's not your first bourbon of the day. And uh, he's like, Hangman, are you nervous? And Hangman says, like, yeah, man, of course I'm nervous. He's like, anyone that goes through that tunnel out that curtain should be nervous. And um, he says this is the closest he'll be on Saturday to to his first match or to the title match he had at the pay-per-view way back in the day. And he said that, uh, yeah, he said, absolutely. Like, uh, this is, this is all he's thinking about right now. And he said he, yeah. do- he doesn't have much else to say or other than this bourbon is delicious. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he had the best shirt on. Hangman always has like the coolest shirts, mm-hmm. just the super Western style shirts. Yeah. Uh, he, one thing that was nice that he said at the end, he said, uh, he said, if I don't win this, I don't have anything beyond this whiskey. Cause, yeah, because like, he this said point. he said he's going to be the first AEW champ, and he didn't. And then now he says he's going to win this, and if he doesn't, then he doesn't have anything but his whiskey. Yeah, because he doesn't have his friends. His friends have all abandoned mm-hmm. him. That's Kenny. That's the Bucks. That's FTR. That's maybe <laughs> Brandon. It's like, but and who is his other friend? His other friend prior to that was. We don't say his name anymore, but Marty Squirrel. Yeah. Squirrel. So uh, yeah, it's uh he's alone. So he's he's the sad cowboy, and this is fantastic. This match is going to absolutely bang. It's going to be so good. I cannot wait. Um, just the thought of Kenny versus Hangman. This evolution of Hangman. Is, oh yeah. This is this is the best he's ever been, and he was. He was fantastic before. Oh, yeah. He's been great since I started watching him. But, like, recently, he's just, like, coming to his own, I guess. And, like, just, he's been killing it. Yeah, he's on a completely... Ever since... Ever since the boat show they did on uh, Dynamite, that's when he's, like, really just stepped it up to that next level to me. Oh, yeah. He's on a whole other level. It's funny, Mm -hmm. because, like, when he started doing the drinking angle... Every podcast, every analyst I saw I was just like, "Be careful with yeah, the drinking I was angle." Like that. I was Be like, careful I with the drinking know. angle. Yeah, like this could don't turn alcoholism into a joke, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. They did it pretty respectfully, and it, and they yeah. were still mm-hmm. able to have funny bits in there too, like just with his with his lower thirds. His lower thirds the, are the best. <laughs> just the funniest thing in the world. I want to know who comes up. I bet it's him. It's because be I don't know if you read his Twitter, but he is the peak. Oh yeah, he's of, he's of, he's like drill. Do you know drill on Twitter? Mm-hmm. He's like yeah. he's like the peak of stupid Twitter. He's fantastic yeah. for his match with Wardlow last week. He said, uh, he said like uh, he said, "Sad Cowboy versus Muscle Tits" was his tweet <laughs> of the night. <laughs> yeah, he's, just, he's so he's funny. very good at Twitter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, so next we have a Young Bucks versus FDR hype package, and this honestly, this was shit because I you can't hear it. I don't know what it is with AEW, but when they transition to a video, 
they continue to have the audio from in the stadium. So you get this echo for like, mm-hmm. sometimes it's like the first 10 seconds of a video. For this, it's like the first 45 seconds of the video. And mm-hmm. then the video is only like a minute long. So yeah. I, was like, I, didn't, I think I was getting I a snack during this, so I didn't really even see it or hear it. But it was one of those videos where they, they're showing their highlights and they have different people from the company or around wrestling saying who they who they would choose to win. But it was like, mm-hmm. I, can't, I couldn't hear a damn thing. Like, yeah. I don't know. Why. Is it every single episode. I don't know why they keep doing this. <laughs> it's like so, somebody's got to know that this isn't working. They don't turn don't, down someone's audio whenever they switch. Yeah, it's like they they keep the audio from in I don't know if they're trying to get fan reactions, but like it's not good. It's very bad. Mm-hmm. But uh cuz yeah, you can't hear it. It's an echo. It's just echoing off each other. It's brutal. Yeah. It's like when you're uh listening to the radio and you get feedback. Yeah, when somebody calls into the radio and they don't turn their own radio down. Exactly. It sounds like that. Anyways, yeah, and then the Young Bucks say at the end, this is the one part that I caught, is that the Young Bucks are purposely putting their backs against the wall because they work better under pressure. I was like, okay, sure. But yeah, bad uh, bad segment because just because of the mm-hmm. audio. I could not hear it. Then I went to a Team Taz promo, and I thought this was actually quite excellent. Um, Team Taz. Yeah, so it's Taz comes out and uh he says that he's been waiting around Tony Khan's uh office. Or he said he was waiting around Tony Khan's office for three hours and then someone came out and said, Oh, you know what, Tony is uh excuse me. He said Tony is he's only dealing with people that are on the full gear show uh yeah. at this point. So uh just come back and talk to him later and I'm sure he'll get back to you. And then Taz is like like screw these guys. Who do they think they are? He's just like this. He's like this. Uh, this this Fugazi ranking system we have. He's like <laughs> he's like my boy Cage over here is ten and one. He's ranked number one in AEW. He's not a he's not on the show. He's like Ricky over here has won ten of his last eleven matches. He's not on the show. No match. He's not even in yeah. the top five. And then R- Ricky grabs the mic, looking like the friggin' Rock. <laughs> oh man, he looked amazing. His he, yeah, outfit was awesome. The turtleneck and the turtleneck chain. and the chain, the sunglasses. Yeah, and he uh he says he's open dynamite, he's closed dynamite. He doesn't know why he's not ranked, he doesn't know why he doesn't have a match. And then Taz calls out Cody and he says, You always talk about doing the work. We've been doing the work. Uh what gives, man? He's like we're going to be at full gear. Look out. So I'm like, oh. Yeah. They'll have a presence. So, well, they they don't like Darby. And mm-hmm. then now they don't like Cody. So I have a feeling they may try to interfere in that along with the mm-hmm. Dark Order. That match might just be way overbooked. <laughs> it's a Dark Cody Order match. It's and... a Cody match. So you know yeah. it's going to be overbooked. Like, you've That's got true. like, you got like eight people with interest in it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a. We we know we know uh, one of Cody's faults. Bless his heart, he loves to overbook his matches. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they're amazing. Sometimes they could be amazing. Instead, they're just great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he gets he gets the overbooking from his dad for sure, which is fine. Those are all classic mm-hmm. moments. I don't know. Yeah. I I like that about uh, like it's a Cody match. It's fine. Yeah, it's I mean it's different than everything else they'll have on the card. So that's good. Yeah. 
And one thing I did like about this promo was they called out the rankings, which mm-hmm. to me, it's like it's like a good joke where uh, a good joke has its root in reality. Mm-hmm. It's like they're calling out the rankings because everyone's calling out the rankings because they didn't use yeah. it in the tournament, and they uh, off and Orange Cassidy got a got a title match off a title match off a title match. Yeah. So Does, have they said if the rankings factor into the TNT title, or is that just who it it does has the title picks the opponent? But it's like you should be using them. That should like a. Mm-hmm. Uh, When's the last time we've seen uh, Cage have a match on on Dynamite? Like this, uh, this is a real thing. Like you should be using the guys who who have. uh, There was, I think there was only one guy in the in the tournament that was ranked in the top five. Like this is that's that's a problem. So Mm -hmm. to me, this is AW sort of acknowledging that. But the thing is, hopefully they follow through on it. Otherwise, it kind of rings hollow. But it just shows that they they see the argument and they used Taz to say, Hey, we hear you. So Mm -hmm. I appreciated that. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it was. And like you said, they definitely need to have cage wrestle more because he's not the best talker, even with Taz and Starks around it, but that's how he's going to get himself over more. It's Mm -hmm. him wrestling more because he's phenomenal in the ring. Mm -hmm. People will forget him otherwise. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have Private Party versus Bucks, and I this was a rep- this is actually a replacement match for uh, Spears versus um, Scorpio Sky, but Scorpio, Scorpio Sky. Sky got uh, he got contacted by contact tracing for COVID, so he they uh, they held him back at home for this, yeah. and I'm glad they did. He doesn't have it as far as they know, but um, yeah, he just got a call from the the COVID office. Contact tracers. Yeah. Well, that's good that at least, at least we know AEW takes it seriously. And they do. Say, and hey, I like that. And they just tell stay us. home for this. Yeah. Sometimes they don't tell you why, but they definitely keep people at home. Like when Nick Jackson was at home mm-hmm. and they didn't tell anyone why. It's pretty clear what that was. <laughs> yeah. That or he got like, I don't know, his wisdom teeth removed and he couldn't be on TV. <laughs> one yeah. or the other. It's probably it COVID because he wasn't gone for that long. It wasn't like when his wife had their baby and he was gone for a month. But yeah, he was only gone it for was, like two weeks. It was right when there was a report that a bunch of people got it. That was when mm-hmm. the blade was gone. That was when the bunny was gone. That was when mm-hmm. there was a bu- including uh, Cage actually. Yeah. Okay. So uh, private party versus Bucks. I was like, eh, at first, but the match was good, and the reason why the match was good was because it was just there to highlight how fantastic Matt Jackson is at selling an injury. <laughs> he was selling that yeah. ankle injury like nobody's business. And he is he he and Kingston are the best at selling injuries in the company. Mm-hmm. They are the commentary so good even brought at up it. commentary even brought up Matt's uh back injury that he had for like two years that he kept mm-hmm. selling and stuff during the I wasn't final sure days of his New Japan run. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they uh, if that was a f- mess up, if he was actually holding his <laughs> ankle, and they were like, like, oh, Matt's back. It was like, guys, yeah. no, it's his ankle this match, guys. <laughs> He's a we're wrong so used body to part. His back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're so used to his back being hurt. Yeah, so this was a great match, and it started with uh, Sammy coming out attacking Hardy, 
hit him with the twist of fate on the uh on the ramp. Thought it was cool. They Matt hobbled off to the back. But yeah, but Mac, Matt Jackson in this match was uh selling the injury like nobody's business and he was really holding back the team to the point like mm-hmm. every time he tried to get in there and wrestle, he was just getting beat around. He couldn't execute his moves. So Nick Jackson was having to do all the heavy lifting. And Nick Jackson and Mark Quinn had a absolute great showing of athleticism back and forth at one point. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, so Nick was doing all the heavy lifting. Matt for went looked like a locom his locomotion northern lights at one point, but he could only get the first one. Yeah. He couldn't do the second and the third, which I thought was a nice touch. And uh there was one point where Matt couldn't answer the tag, so Nick had to go it alone and he he ended up almost losing. And then Matt was a Matt did the awesome um roll up combination, which was sort of like a it was a callback to the to the uh it's a callback four- to the last two singles matches, right? Yeah, it was the, the uh the four way match. matches tag Yeah. The the four way tag match that they had where he ended up mm-hmm. pinning Cassidy where he did the uh they did that the double reverse. This time it was yeah. like a triple reverse and then ended up getting uh broken up and then they hit the uh BTE trigger. It was everything was fine and then FDR came out and they went to destroy Matt's ankle again. And then I honestly popped out of my seat and Hangman comes running out to chase off FDR. Yeah. He's holding his empty drink. Yeah. And then Kenny comes out, out and he's stumbling out more like it, but because yeah. he's drunk. But <laughs> And then and then Kenny comes out and he's chasing them off and he's looking at Hangman, just like, Hangman, what are you doing here? And um and then uh they give each other like little hesitant props and then mm-hmm. Kenny turns Kenny turns to look at FTR and then Hangman grabs him. He's drunk at this point and he turns him. He looks at him. You can see him mouth. Don't turn your back on me. Mm-hmm. And uh, they stared at each other and Kenny pretended like they were cool, but they're, clearly they're not. But no, no. I, I thought it was awesome. I The match was good. Or, sorry, the match... The match didn't do anything stellar other than the uh, supreme selling from Matt Jackson. Mm-hmm. I love his I love his work with the selling. So I gave it four stars because of that, and the ending I thought was awesome. Mm-hmm. Did we uh, talk about the very beginning when Sammy came out and beat up Matt Hardy? Oh yeah, yeah, he came in hit hit him with the twist of fate, and then it Matt's Hardy's sell job on that twist of fate. He got completely flat. Like he, I've never seen Matt Hardy that straight before in my life to sell for the twist of fate it, was, it made me laugh it was really good uh, yeah, but, he, he he's a pro and he took it on his yeah. head after yeah. having that concussion like oh yeah oh, lord sir um <laughs> yeah and then he was gone when it came back from commercial mm-hmm. um yeah so I, I thought that was solid i was really happy for that and then oh my god the next segment uh, um, this is like segment of the millennium yeah this is like aside from matches, this is the best. Whether or not you want to call it a segment, talking segment, promo, this is these are the best words I've ever seen delivered mm-hmm. in wrestling. And yeah. heading into a match where words are going to be a focus, good God, 
So this mm-hmm. was the Kingston versus Moxley face to face, which is essentially uh they bring them out to the ring. And I'm gonna I feel like the only way to describe what happened here is to sort of I transcribed it as best I could. And I'm going to uh, read it almost like it's a script. And then we can talk about it after, but because uh, it's hard to... It, it's, it was very much like a movie scene. It was like a Scorsese mm-hmm. monologue between two characters yeah. or like the Godfather or something. like. That. It was like Godfather in the hood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so... Okay, so it starts off there. The premise is that there's no physicality or the match will be canceled. And this should only matter to Eddie Kingston because, mm-hmm. my, I mean, Moxley, he doesn't want the match to get thrown out because um, he loves to fight and he likes to settle all his beats. But um, if if it gets thrown out, he keeps the title. So it's not the end of the world for him. So this starts off immediately with Kingston literally going nose to nose with Moxley. You could see their noses bending together. Yeah. Like they had them like nose to nose, like they, and they're screaming at each other's face. And I'm going to read this similar to a script reading. So if this seems a little different than normal, that is why. So I'm going to try and read this verbatim. So it says, so this is Kingston. He says, you think this is a game, John? You think this is a game? I'm going to destroy you Saturday. You understand that? On the 7th, I'm going to ruin you. I'm going to take that championship. I'm going to hand it to my mother. I'm going to tell her the reason why you don't have a grandchild is because of this. The reason why you don't have a daughter-in-law is because of this. This is all that matters in our sport. No other championship means this much. Only this championship. You're, you're holding it. So I got to take you out. I had to sell out. I had to become everything I hated. It's too late. It's too late for me, John. You ain't saving nobody. I'm taking that championship from you. And while Eddie is yelling this in Moxley's face, he is the first of all, their noses are still bent and he is just hammering his index finger on the belt. And the and they are just forehead to forehead. And then Mox is trying to lift the is trying to lift the mic, but but Kingston won't relinquish his gift. What relinquishes get relinquishes grip and Mox is pulling the mic up to his face with Kingston's hand still wrapped around it and their arms are shaking, and eventually <laughs> Kingston lets go after a dramatic silence, and then it's Moxley's turn, and Moxley says, "They say be careful who you call your friends. Me, I'd rather have four quarters than than a hundred pennies. The longer I'm in this business, the more I learn that loyalty is a bitch. We have been." I've been burned time and time again, but I never thought I'd be burned by you, buddy. I was so happy for you, man. I was so happy when you signed your contract. And at this point, Eddie starts screaming over top of him, who cares? Who cares? I don't care. I don't care. I'm over and over in Moxley's face, just trying to drown him out. And now Moxley is pushing back into Eddie's face. He was calm at first, but now he's pushing right back into Eddie's face. And Moxley continues. He says, shut up. Let me tell you what's going on. I was happy for you. I was happy for your mother, whose dream it was. Yeah, your mother, Ruthie, whose kitchen table I sat at, who who I said grace with, who I made a promise that I would look after you, that I would always have your back, no matter what, no matter what trouble you caused yourself. I made that promise to her, but I guess I broke that promise, didn't I? At the mention of 
of his mother, Eddie, he turns his back to Moxley. He, he can't look him in the eye anymore. So now he his back is facing Moxley, and Moxley is just uh, is now shouting into the back of Eddie's head. And he says, you see, I believe the loudest one in the room is the weakest one in the room. You've been real loud. You've been real loud, Eddie. Why is that? That's not you. You're not weak. He's like, so what's going on? And then uh, Moxley starts uh, tapping the side of Eddie's head while Eddie's not facing him. And Eddie's shaking his head and he's laughing it off and he's laughing hysterically. And it almost looks like he's crying. And then Moxley says, I think I know what it is. After 18 years, you finally get the ch- you finally get the shot this Saturday. You get the shot you never thought you'd get. Deep down in your heart, you know. You know that you'll be in there with the AEW champion, the best wrestler on the planet right now, and you're going to lose. He's like, it's a scary thought. Maybe that, maybe that after 18 years, it turns out that you didn't have, you, you didn't deserve it after all. And the worst, worst part of this, Eddie, the worst part of this, the part that makes me sick is that that puts, a st- that puts my stomach in knots. You made a promise to your mother that you can't keep. And th- at this point, Eddie, Eddie and Moxley are exchanging words wi- without the mic. Like, uh, uh, Moxley's pulled the mic down, and they're exchanging words. You can't hear it. And Eddie still has his, still has his back to him. And, without the, with, and then Eddie starts to turn. And without the mic, he starts shouting, like, you better get ready to kill me. This is real. This is real. Just do it. I don't care. I don't care about the show. Just take me out. I'm coming for that. And he points mm-hmm. at the belt, and then he he walks out of the ring. And I swear, this was like a play. This is like a play put on by Martin yeah. Scorsese. It is. I hope I did it j- justice. It was just. It's so it's uh, so fucking good. It was so good. I was sweating. Like it made me forget all the shit that's happening in the world right now. Like all the shit that's happening in the yeah. United States, I was only focused on those two men. It was like everything else was black, and there's just a spotlight on them. And yeah, it, that's like uh, what they say when you talk someone into a building. That oh. that's what that they mean is that this whole segment. These are the the best two talkers in the industry. Is <laughs> when you're doing when you're doing these fiery sure. promos. It's just, I was like, just like when when. Moxley was talking to him and and Kingston's back was to him the range of emotion that Kingston was going to he he reminded me of De Niro and Taxi Driver like I was just like mm-hmm. holy yeah. shit it was like it was the most yeah. New York ass thing I've ever seen in my life <laughs> like, was like, yeah I just I just loved at the end when he said you're gonna have to kill me you're gonna have to kill me, and then starts leaving the ring. It's like, oh. yeah, it's like, oh, oh, no. <laughs> like when he brought up his mother, this match is gonna be so violent. When he brought up his mother, Ruth, and immediately uh, Eddie Eddie turned his back. They were nose to nose, and as soon as he mentioned uh, her name, he couldn't look at him anymore. He turned his back, and he just starts going, "No, mm-hmm. no, no." <laughs> it was like, oh mm-hmm. my god. It was perfect in every sense of the word. Yeah, it was it, perfect. Yeah, at that point, like I, I couldn't come down from, like ev- everything after that with, I know was they, gonna be, was gonna be worse from that. It doesn't matter what's coming after that. It's gonna, it's gonna feel worse. And somehow the next thing didn't feel worse. But like for the pay per view, whoever goes on after those two guys, good fucking luck. 
So oh, that's it has to be the event. main event. They can't, do, they can't do anything else. Mm-hmm. With especially all the emotion in it now, and then probably how violent it's going to be. There's no way it, you're going to top it. It's going to be so violent. I'm a little scared. Mm-hmm. But they're they're going to be talking <laughs> the whole time. You know, putting the uh, the mm-hmm. mic in the guy's face. Do you give up? No, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, there's lots. Of, this is not going to no, be for kids gonna to be watch. Swearing for sure. I think they're going to drop some f bombs in this one. Yeah, hopefully by this one, my time this one comes on, my son's already gone to sleep because it's not going to be. <laughs> yeah, and then the next thing they have is a pack vignette, which pack is back. Yeah, and then they just jumped right to another yeah. awesome vignette. It's like just and bam, this bam. was this was so much different, and that's why it worked. Because uh, mm-hmm. it went from something that looked like a stage play to a packed vignette where he's sitting in that uh, like loft or wherever he is. I'm sure that's like his a, loft apartment. I'm sure like that's an like abandoned his apartment. apartment. We've seen him in this apartment before in a previous uh, vignette mm-hmm. where uh, it's him and there's just all these different like uh, like images of him Packs. like around him and yeah, he, in his wrestling yeah, gear. He says that. I, he's been stewing alone for seven months. He's a casualty of a rotten world that's forgotten him. But he said, he said, don't worry, I've been forgotten before, which is a little nod to AEW, or not AEW, to WWE, put, WWE. Uh, mm-hmm. putting him on uh, no compete for damn near a year. And then uh, mm-hmm. but he's like, but Pac doesn't, but he says, but Pac doesn't crumble when he's forgotten and alone. He gets stronger, he gets faster, and yeah, and he's coming. He's coming back, you... and he doesn't for. And he says, "And lads, I don't forget." Or he's no, he says, "And lads, I see yeah. everything." So, this is at Kingston and his family. Yeah, did you see? Notice at the beginning of it, Kingston's right at the beginning, voice. It, yeah, it played audio of Kingston saying, "Where's your British friend? Where's your British yep. friend?" So Kingston's so, family is going to get. Think... We're going to get the custody of the Lucha Bros when he comes yeah. back, and I think that they've been. Teasing the Lucha Bros breakup, so I think it's probably gonna be Pac and Ray and Kingston and uh, yep, Kingston and uh, Penta because they're best friends. This Pinta. is my best friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Do you re- what did he say last week? Do you realize if I if he wins and I win the title, I'll get to wrestle my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Just right, right oh, to Phoenix. It's like so what the good. heck? And like where that last <laughs> one was perfect. This one's four stars because it was cute. It was like four. It was like a mm-hmm. minute long. It was it was good. It was exactly what it needed to be. Just yeah. for my, you said the Kingston and Mox was a stage play, and this was like an episode of Twin Peaks with like all the different pox He's... everywhere and stuff. Perfect. Like... Yeah. That, no, that's it. That's perfect. <laughs> and he looked like the Mandarin again, which was amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't wait for him to come back, and I hope he comes out in that little suit too. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I've been missing Pac. Like whenever they announced him coming back, it's like, man, I really have missed Pac. Like. He's just so good at everything he does. Like he's sorely. Yeah, I think we see him next week. I don't think we see him at full gear Mm -hmm. because I think he's going after Kingston and the family. So unless Kingston pulls off the upset, which I would be totally fine with, um, and I think I think at this point anyone would be fine with that. But like Kingston's the type of guy who doesn't need the belt. You just got you just got to put him in. But it would be awesome yeah, if he did. Have, I do want him to have a belt at some time, at some point. But I, I don't know that he has the work rate, pun intended, to to work <laughs> that often at that level. 
I think he's more, uh, he's a guy who could have the TV championship for a while and could uh, do yeah. a, do some more short matches on TV because he, he is yeah. older and he his knees are a little more shot than your average wrestler, especially at, uh, at this level. Okay, mm-hmm. so the next thing was just a really short thing. It was Natural Nightmares doing an interview backstage before they can really get into it. The the bunny comes out, distracts uh, distracts Cutie Marshall, and then Butcher and the Blade attack them, throw the backdrop on them, beat the crap out of them. So that's a feud going oh, forward. Did you notice the sp- Did you notice the spin move that Butcher did with the kendo no. stick? He hit Dustin with it, and then he did like a complete three sixty and hit QT Marshall with the kendo stick. It was pretty smooth. Okay, that is cool. That is cool. <laughs> Maybe he's done a little yeah. sword play. It was spared time. Yeah, yeah. So. It was cool. It was short. It just reminded us that that feud is going to be happening when we get back from full gear. So mm-hmm. I'm happy for that. They've been doing a little bit of it on dark. A good dark, yeah. A good mid level yeah. feud, like we were talking about. Yeah, you need you need mid and lower guys teams. as well. Like they need to be able to beat each other. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's it's good to have storylines for lower yeah. on the card too. Like everyone always talks about how great. The attitude era was, but one thing they don't really ever talk about is just why it was good is because everyone, no matter your position on the card, you pretty much yeah. had a storyline mm-hmm. on WWE and WCW. Everyone had well, a storyline. Well, they're the storyline company, man. Mm-hmm. All right. So then the next thing we had, we had Red Velvet versus uh, with Brandy versus Nyla. This was super short, um, but it was yeah. it was very good. It was a really good squash because um, I thought... Uh, Velvet mm-hmm. came out with a lot of fire. She looked good in the small little bit of offense that she had. But I noticed that she can bump really, really well. She made Nyla look like a million bucks with selling Nyla's moves. Mm-hmm. Like the way, like a lot of women, they can't, they don't quite bump like the men, like where they take the clotheslines and do like the flips and all that. So you see that more in Japan where they, they can really sell the moves. Holy smoke, she was selling for Nyla. And Nyla did this one really cool move where she grabbed her by the neck and just sort of like deadlifted her into the air and threw her into the corner. I was like, that was one of the cooler spots. That was a cooler spots I've seen. And then Nyla hit her with this yeah. fucking like 360 rotating beast bomb. <laughs> it was just like. Yeah. It looks. It, the that power bomb was, was like holy looking. smokes, and then she picked her up and then hit her with the uh, Tomashi, which is uh, Shida's with Shida's finisher, finisher, and then she stared at Shida at ringside. So I was like, okay, this is, I guess this is your build, build to the to the full gear, which I won't yeah. belabor that point any more than I did last week, even though it deserves it. Because then mm-hmm. afterwards. Um, Vicky Guerrero grabbed the mic and she goes over and she's uh she mocks Velvet and Brandy. She essentially talks them away back to the uh back to the locker room and then she um oh yeah, she calls Brandy the chief bullshit officer, which was funny. Yeah. And then she starts mocking <laughs> Sheeta and she goes so far as to mock her with like a, a racist like like Japanese voice taunt, which I don't necessarily hate it from the heel but like it's it's walking a very mm-hmm. it's walking a very tight line yeah it's a that's a fine it's a line. very fine yeah. line you got to be careful there but from vicky it works 
because Vicky is mm-hmm. the Karen of, <laughs> of <Yeah>. the <laughs> AEW locker room. It it fits her role, so I'm okay with it. It's like when MJF does stuff like that, I'm okay with it. There was a point once where uh, Jamie Hayter, when she had her one or two matches in AEW, where she, I think she was facing Yuka's Sakazaki, where she was stomping on her, and she's going like, "Hiya, hiya!" When she was when she was kicking her, like sort of mocking the her uh, Japanese mm-hmm. culture, it's like this is good heel work. Like it's like what Jericho does when he would face Kenny yeah. in Japan, where you go, "Kenny, Kenny," and he would mock yeah. the fans. It's like make this, fun of the Japanese fans. Yeah, it's you have to be careful, but when you do it well, mm-hmm. it's really really good. And then. Uh, she grabbed Vicky, and then Nyla came in and knocked knocked out Sheeta, and they had a little brawl. It was like, okay, I mean, I'm sure their match is going to be fantastic. They've only had great matches between the two of them. Yeah, they they work really well together, so this I, match should be good. It just, I, the build has been kind great. of, my theory in my mind, my headcanon, is that they were built, they were maybe sort of hoping that uh, Rosa would come and do a match and maybe Rosa was like was waffling a little bit and wanted to go do her MMA or something because Rosa's mm-hmm. still hinting about working with AEW constantly on Twitter every single dynamite she's always on Twitter stoking up the fans so uh, mm-hmm. I have a feeling that maybe the reason why we didn't see too much with Sheeta was because they're sort of in a holding pattern there, I feel like it was maybe like a yeah. wait and see thing, like they were negotiating behind the scenes, and it just didn't quite come together. Because then, as soon as uh, Deeb took the belt, she had it right back on Dynamite. So I don't know. That's that's just my thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, like that's that's just yeah. my head cannon. I don't know if that's real. Yeah, I mean that that makes sense. They've. They obviously like using her, so mm-hmm. they. I don't think don't this is really. This won't for her, be but... the last time we we've seen her. In AW, yeah. Oh, okay. Sure. So next we have uh, a really slick Kenny versus Hangman. Um, or no, sorry, it starts with a Kenny versus Hangman promo, which is the same as the Young Bucks one, where they're showing highlights of uh, of their of their matches leading to this. Uh, leading to this this feud and also the, the tournament the tournament final and then it, they ask various mm-hmm. people like Don Callis and other people within AW who you would choose to win and of course it goes 50-50 between <laughs> between all the people choosing uh Kenny and Hangman and then it goes into this promo pack or not promo package this is video package of Hangman and Kenny and it is just it's with Cinderella's, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Yeah, just this power ballad, and honestly, <laughs> chills. I was just, mm-hmm. it was like, very good. I forgot just how long they were together as a tag team for almost a year. Yeah, and the, the, they were yeah. the best tag team in AEW. There, this storyline has been going on so long, and I was just like. It's this match is going to be phenomenal, and I loved this mm-hmm. video. It was it was really really nice. Um, 
and super 80s and at one point i was wondering if it was chris jericho singing (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it was uh did did you see on twitter somebody tweeted at tony Khan or something saying i love the power ballad ad it made this old wrestling fan smile and then tony Khan replied said i finally figured out the 50 plus demo (laughs) funny that's good a good show uh tony's got jokes Mm -hmm. okay so the next thing was actually darby allen's best shitty little video in a while (laughs) i say shitty little video like a tongue-in-cheek there but it's his little black and white (laughs) uh film project videos that he does and this one was actually kind of cool, um, where uh, he uh, he walks up to a car and it has spray painted on it the uh, it says the uh, the face of TNT spray painted on the hood and he smashes the window with his with his um, yeah. skateboard he hops in steals the car and then runs over a guy wearing Cody's face with the car it was like with like a fake cigar yeah I was like okay mouth. that one at least made some sense. That that has yeah. a purpose. When he did that before, when he was feuding with Sammy, it was good. So I'm happy he's doing... Yeah, the ones he did with Sammy were always good. Yeah, yeah. and then he sort of lost his way with them, and they just sort of became fillers. So like, oh, okay, well, we could take this two or three minutes and add it to another women, add it to the women's match, and <laughs> just a little unnecessary. Anyways, yeah. then we had a, a the main event, which was very strange one it was the gun club and cody yeah versus dark order this seemed like a metal feel like this shouldn't have been the main event but it was fine i just i feel like the placement of it was kind of what came after absolutely is main event. yeah that was good but the Mm -hmm. the match itself was mostly just a way to initiate austin gun onto the main dynamite roster this was his first yeah, this was his first match yeah, on Dynamite. Yeah, this was his first match, and he looked good. They were clearly trying to highlight him, and it was um, the Gun Club, Austin and Billy. It was their first match as part of the Nightmare Family, which also now includes mm-hmm. in- includes uh, Lee Johnson, Big Shotty Lee. So I'm excited yeah. about that. I still don't know if Lee Johnson is officially signed to a full time contract. Who knows? I hope. So. He's like he's got to be if they're putting well, in factions, right? I just I don't know. Like I wish that uh, he, unless they can upgrade his contract, but um, like I wish they somebody would ask Cody or Tony, what's the difference between certain people's contracts? Like what's the difference between Anthony mm-hmm. Bowens and Caster, who got the big um, is all elite tri- treatment? And what's the difference between Lee Johnson or Kylan King or Eva Lise, who has come out and says she's officially signed, mm-hmm. but is not on, but none of those people are on the uh, main roster or, or on the AW's website under the main roster. It's strange, but mm-hmm. Austin's there. So anyways, yeah. um, the match was good. Austin looked good. Um, it furthered the Dark Order versus Cody storyline. Um, Austin won the match with uh, he hit a crossroads and then hit his move, which was the quick draw. I thought, I thought, yeah, he looked good in this. This is the best he's looked, and uh, yeah, Casty got to give uh 
a knockout punch with his uh, orange punch to Silver outside the ring to yeah to lead into their match. And I just three and a half stars, very good match. But like after it was sort of a come down after the really good promos, like the string yeah, of really good promos we've seen at this point. Yeah, I think that's why I said it shouldn't be the main event just because the Mox Kingston promo mm-hmm. was that was just you great. could have but ended the night one thing anytime with uh could have ended the night with Moxley versus Kingston. I think. However, <laughs> Cody caught a phenomenal promo after this. But say your point first. Yeah. Oh, I was just gonna say whenever I see Billy Gunn wrestle nowadays, I just forget how massive of a person he is. That- he is huge. It's shocking that he was able to move as well as he did when he was younger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so that... Yeah, I'm surprised he can still... He's like 50 oh, yeah. now, he's, right? he's up there. Yeah, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe even older than that. So then Cody cuts his... This is a prototypical Cody at his best promo. Um, But mm-hmm. he says... uh, He looks up to Darby, who's sitting in the stands. He says... Darby's been telling people TNT doesn't want him as the face of the doesn't want him as the face of the show, and he says that's just not true. They'd love to, they'd love for him to be, and and uh, I would love for him to as well, but he can't. Like, but or but but he's like I would I would too if I wasn't the champ. Um, <laughs> he he says <laughs> that he says like I recruited you. He's like, I recruited you into AW exclusively. I sold you to the EVPs. They had no idea who you were. I wrestled you uh, myself for your first match in AEW. He's like, I. He's like, I put you over. He tells Darby uh, to get a good look at the belt because uh, because you're looking at the uh, at the superstar who left the Empire, who went to war, who actually won. And then he says that. Um, mm-hmm. And he said, and that pisses people off because the truth he speaks contradicts the lies that other people live. And he says, Darby, stop lying. You want this belt. This is the ace belt, but you're not the ace. And he delivers all this with his all his baby face fire. It looks like his his yeah. head's about to pop off his neck. Um, he is he standing on yeah, the turnbuckle? Yeah, he's, he's standing on he's the turnbuckle, delivering the promo to Darby, who's up in the stands, which mm. is an awesome sight. And his face yeah. is turning red, like his veins are popping out of his neck. He's looking more and more jacked as he <laughs> as he's delivering the promo. <laughs> and um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. That it, and then it cuts off the air, and then after it cut on on Fight TV it kept going and Cody reveals that he no longer goes by one name anymore. He's gotten yeah. Cody Rhodes and then the fans start cheering Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes. Yeah. WWE finally dropped their lawsuit. So whatever. I'm stoked for that. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, uh, not to get too off subject, but I looked up how old Billy Gunn was. He's 57. Jesus Christ. <sighs> he should not look <laughs> the way he does. He looked no. like that when he was 20. He was actually one of my yeah. favorite wrestlers when I was yeah. a kid, when he used to wrestle as the, was it the Young Guns? No. The Smoking Guns, the smoking when guns? he wrestled in jeans and cowboy boots. Yeah. And had the mustache. Yeah, no, it was great. I loved yeah, it. Funny. Okay. And there, yeah, that I, that's when I, yeah, I remember the, the Smoking Guns, him and Bart. 
bodacious Bart or whatever he called himself. Uh, he of um, what's what was that term in this brawl for all fame? Brawl for all, yeah. <laughs> Which is a good uh, documentary on YouTube about it. There's actually a really good uh, from, episode uh, on that Vice. The uh, yeah, that's what dark. I was talking about. The Vice yeah, show, amazing. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get in. Actually, let's do the questions. I didn't do the questions. All right, so this okay. week what we're going to do, we have some questions, and I have them written down somewhere. Yes, here they are. Okay, so the first one. Uh, so, yeah, so what happens is every week we're going to – you can uh, contact me at, uh, at, at Fantastico. That's F-E-N-N-Tastico on Twitter. And uh, you you can – submit questions and we will answer them on the uh on the air so i put out uh, i put out some feelers and i got some back so uh jarrett green asks uh who has the better deltoids wardlow or cage what do you think i gotta go cage for me his are just like for me it's wardlow for me it's wardlow and i'll tell you why um first of all it's when he does the thing with the straps, with his straps, mm-hmm. he pulls them and he snaps them on his deltoids. He just looks like he looks yeah. like a like a taller like um who's the guy who played Bane? Tom oh, Hardy. Uh, uh, yeah, it was Tom just Hardy, like the yeah. sexiest man alive, just <laughs> just mm-hmm. snapping his little like, <laughs> so, so, Mister Muscle Tits as uh, as Hangman yeah. Page calls him. Yeah, he and and the thing with yeah, Wardlow looks like he could be in Magic Mike, yeah, Stripper movie, and, and Cage, Cage's uh, deltoids are probably more impressive. However, all of Cage's muscles are impressive, and as a result, yeah. none of them stand out quite as much as Wardlow's deltoids. So I'm going with Wardlow. Okay, you make a point. I'm switching to Wardlow. You convince me. Like when when everything is swole. The deltoids don't look as swole. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's true. You convinced me. And I'm going toward Brandon Hausen asked, what do you think the internet, or he said, why do you think the internet shits on people testing positive for COVID after indie shows, but not the massive outbreaks on the big promotions? And I think that is because people like to defend their big promotions and sometimes they want mm-hmm. they want to defend their big promotions from what is harming them. And I guess if your wrestler goes and competes at an indie show and gets sick, that is somehow harming your show. So like if Janela got sick, Janela got pulled from his match, that's because he went to the indie show. I don't think that's the indie show's fault. Per se, I think that's the one person who showed up at the show without yeah. having their test done or knowing or lying to the promotion that they had their test. We have to remember this this isn't a, these aren't promotions run by Tony Khan where Tony Khan can um can afford to pay for all these tests for his people. These guys have to do it themselves. So these guys these guys yeah. are on the honor system. For when they go to these shows, so if um, Joey Janela is exposed to somebody who spoke to somebody else, who wrestled with somebody else, 
at the indie show. That's not the indie show's fault. That's the wrestler who showed up. That's their fault. And I think people are yeah. just being defensive about their show. It's, it's tribalism of... and and That's what I was going to say. It's just tribalism of people defending the big corporation tr- capitalism. People defend capitalism, you know... Just like kind of if stuff. someone gets sick at AEW because it's something where AEW messed up, then it's AEW's fault. But that hasn't been the case so far, mm-hmm. so that's why. All right. Yeah. So then finally, this yes. one is from me. Actually, I would actually like to ask this question. It's how would you improve the AEW women's division, Brad? I know I mentioned right. this to you earlier, and you had thoughts. I had a I got a whole story here for you. <laughs> Alrighty. I wrote all right, so my plan for the women's division starts this Saturday at Fool's Gear Full Gear. You have Sheeta win against Nyla in a super grueling match. And then uh right after the match you have Britt Baker come out, confront her, run her down, do the Britt Baker type stuff. Britt Baker or uh Sheeta just kinda waves her off. So the next dynamite Cheetah starts an open challenge uh, for any any women. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Hold on, I lost my notes. Okay, Sheeta beats her first opponent in the match. It's not Britt Baker. Britt Baker's upset that she didn't get picked for the open challenge. So, keep that in your head. After the match, Nyla attacks Sheeta because she's still mad about losing. And then... Uh, Swole comes out to make the save. Uh, Britt is watching from the, uh, from the stands, mad she didn't get picked. Next week, Swole and Nyla have a match. Ends in a double countout. Keeps going from there. Sheeta keeps up her open challenges each week. Britt Baker gets more and more upset. Because uh, Sheeta, you know, Sheeta wrestles people like Lindsay Snow, Allison K each week. Britt Baker gets more and more upset that she's not getting picked. And then uh, uh, the last time, uh, oh, where'd I go? Oh, Britt's mad, tells Rebel, don't worry about it, though. There's another championship floating around here that I can go after. So she challenges Serena Deeb to a match, wins the title uh, with the help of... Hold on. I got a lot of notes here. Sorry. It's totally fine. <laughs> with the help uh, oh, Layla Hirsch, sorry. And so they form a little stable of Brit, Layla, and Rebel. And then, so, now, now Brit's the NWA Women's Champion. You have her doing an open challenge, too, just like Sheeta's been doing. But Brit's open challenge is a lot different than Sheeta's. It's clearly jobbers and people a lot lower than Brit. So you continue this a uh, few couple weeks to the point where they can't avoid each other anymore. You have a champion versus champion match. Uh, and then during their match uh, with uh, Sheeta's, uh, or with Brit's new faction of Layla and Rebel, cost Sheeta the match. Brit's now the double champ. Next time on Dynamite, after the she wins both belts, she says, no more open challenges. You have to be, I get to choose who I fight. So people keep trying to challenge her and stuff. She keeps ducking them, uses her goons to fight them off. And then eventually everyone gets tired of that. Uh, so Brandy comes out to announce that there's a, uh, Oh, going to be a round Robin women's tournament of, 
uh, how many did I say? 16 women, Ooh. eight, two blocks, eight on each side, and then two matches per week, uh, one block of each. So, and then that's when Thunder Rosa, Thunder Rosa comes back. She wins the whole tournament, beats Brit for both titles. So you'd that's, have to hire more, do to uh, a bunch more women for that, too. Mm-hmm. That'd be good. Yeah, or the, they could bring in, like, each people yeah, just for could, the tournament, kind of like does. how New Japan would sure. do sometimes and stuff. Yeah. But that's what I would do. Just a couple open challenges. Brit's is obviously not as good as Sheeta's open challenge. Just and while you have two belts there, might as well use them as much as you mm-hmm. can. Mm-hmm. I had a lot more, but we're getting kind of long. Like I had a whole feud of Swole and uh, Nyla where each week they just... Do you remember a couple years ago when Roman and Braun Strowman had a feud and they just kept destroying yeah. everything? Yes, it did. I, I kind of had them doing that each week on Dynamite, Swollen, Nyla just get more and more physical and they start destroying stuff around the set and all <laughs> that. But we're getting kind of long, so I don't want to go yeah, no worries. all into my detail. No worries. Yeah, so uh, I had uh, my thoughts as well. And well, I thought my thoughts aren't quite as long because I didn't necessarily go into booking per se. But for me, it's... Uh... <laughs> I, I ran away with this. Yeah, that's fine, man. <laughs> the passion, I like it. <laughs> so similar to you, I put the strap on Baker, and I do that <laughs> ASAP. And then then what you do is you bring back the conspirator angle, which she was doing before, which was funny. So that was her <laughs> going after uh, Swole and Ford and Statlander and even, um, oh, what's her name? Girl Hebner. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> and uh, but this time you have her uh then you start doing you start giving her actual promos and storylines with people like Deeb and Ford and Swole and Statlander and possibly Hirsch. First of all, you sign Layla Hirsch. Mm-hmm. And then you you just let her be the star of the division. You let her make the other women mm-hmm. you let her turn the other women into stars, similar to what Moxley and Jericho did for Jungle Boy and Darby and MJF and Sammy mm-hmm. and all these young guys who are all people are clamoring to win belts now and they think are like the the future stars of the company they weren't the future stars until they faced Moxley and Jericho Moxley and Jericho turned <laughs> them into who they are now obviously they had yep. the talent but they had to feed off these guys and they had to have these guys put them over and make them into stars and you can still do that by beating them um and then you have a uh, and then people will be more forgiving of some of the subpar matches that the women are having because it's good stories. Like if it's good, like mm-hmm. Jericho's not having banger matches anymore, but we all still love his stories and his angles, and we love it when he's on TV still, and he's still making stars yeah. out of people. Um, and then while all this is happening, and you're letting Baker have these fantastic promos with people or not promos feuds with people making stars you continue to sign people to bring them in to support mm-hmm. the system such as like you said the american kaiju uh lindsey so- snow mm-hmm. and hirsch and allison k like oh my god the the work that allison k and baker could do would be amazing oh that'd be amazing and i believe if if allison k did work ring of honor they have worked together before so there you go mm-hmm. so that that's what i would do it's a it's essentially all roads lead through yeah. Britt baker right now 
and yeah. the sooner yeah, the sooner sure. they get there. And I think they probably, I think the reason why they're not going to that right away right now is maybe her knee isn't quite ready to have the belt around her waist yet. Yeah, you're probably she might right. just need a, probably not healed she, up to She might just need maybe like another month of just working mm-hmm. shorter matches on AW and continuing to strengthen her knee. But she looks better than she ever has. She looks stronger than she ever has. Oh, yeah. She looks more confident. She looks more vicious. Has. Her moves are amazing. So yeah, all roads run through Baker, essentially. And mm-hmm. then you sign veterans like uh, Allison Kay and Serena Deeb. And young, hmm, young sure. stars like Hirsch and Snow. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, for sure. So now, what it boils down to is they just need more time. Yeah. On TV. Well, yes, of course. Yeah, you got to give them more time. <laughs> and when you give them stories, y- you can keep the ratings. Like if if you don't yeah. give them stories and you don't present them as something worth caring about, people won't care about it. Because they did, they yeah. did have ratings when um, Riho was the champion, but then even then, people were starting to complain that there were no storylines. Mm-hmm. And eventually, when the storylines continued to not be there and the time continued to tick, get smaller and smaller and smaller on the matches, people stopped caring. And now the ratings are tank every time women are on there because you're presenting them as lesser than. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there it is. Okay, so this week for what are we looking forward to next week? Obviously, it's full gear. So we're gonna do a little rundown of the card. We'll just give our predictions of what we expect. Um, okay. First, I won't do any of the matches, but I will talk about how AW is hinting at a at a debut. They have a video package. Yeah, they ran that. Ran a video packet. They ran that a couple times last mm-hmm. night. They're really hammering at home, uh, talking about mm-hmm. how during this pandemic era, over the past few months, there have been, or through throughout 2020, there have been debut after debut after debut. Hardy, Brody, Miro, even, the, I guess, Thunder Rosa as well, sort of, kind of. Yeah. I think that's Stark Kingston, the, the promo yeah. too. So, uh, and mm-hmm. then it's Miro say, like yelling, "Who's next?" So somebody's coming, <laughs> like a yes. So, and I have predictions as to who they are. I won't get, I won't list all of them, but I think that it's likely Sting is the guy, and I like Sting as the guy first of all because it makes sense. Because they don't mm-hmm. have they don't have mm-hmm. roster room right now. They can't bring in another big guy and split the time on air even more than it already is at this point without having the third show. Mm-hmm. So I think Sting would be perfect. Um, and Sting's role would not be as a wrestler because he's too old and at this point. No, he can't. He, can wrestle, he would right? be medically cleared. Um, yeah. He he would die. Mm-hmm. He almost died. He almost died in WWE. Um, (laughs) He, I believe, he would be coming in as Darby's manager. Um, There, it's for me. It's not uh, a secret what they're doing, putting Darby in 
the in the crowd high up there, like Sting with the skateboard, um, like how he was mm-hmm. in the rafters, how he doesn't talk like Sting didn't talk, how he's the anti-hero like Sting was. Um, Sting's yeah. contract, his legend contract with WWE just ended. Um, he's yeah, they've been taking him off their website yep. and stuff too. Uh, so. Cody's favorite wrestler is Sting. Um, Cody is facing Darby at full gear. I think it's Sting. Um, the other people <laughs> that I've heard thrown around and that I think is, I've heard this name thrown around. It's not mine, but it would be interesting. I do like him. Mance Warner. That would, that would be, yeah, I've heard that, good. like that tied to MJF because they had a feud in MLW. That, mm-hmm. this, that one's from what culture? Uh, they threw out Mance Warner, and I do know for a fact, we do know for a fact that a, uh, AW was looking to bring in Mance Warner at one point, but they couldn't because of his contract. So yeah. if that has run out, they just started running tapings again. If he's not involved with them, it may be he is a free agent now. Who knows? But he he's very good. But I don't yeah. know if there's enough room, but... We do know that MJF's looking for people to potentially be in a faction with him. It's possible that he could be involved. There's always Jeff Cobb. His name will always come up. I will always bring up his name until somebody officially says that he has signed with New Japan after he hinted that he had signed with somebody and and the company hadn't announced it yet. Because he said that while he was currently wrestling for New Japan... In my mind, mm-hmm. it doesn't make sense that it was New Japan, so maybe he's coming back. And that would also be a cool thing for uh, MJF to bring in Jeff Cobb after Jeff Cobb's debut was aligned with the Inner Circle. Um, yeah, that actually would make a lot of sense. That would be cool. Um, and the other one, well, a- Allison K was on my list, but Allison K is showing up anyways. And then, other than that, it's guys we've seen. We've seen Pac. We've seen Thunder Rosa. I think we might see Thunder Rosa still. Um, I could see her in the crowd watching the title match, both title matches. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. those. Are, oh, yeah, and the other one, again, this was from What Culture, but makes sense with all the NWA talk, is Nick Aldis. Yeah. Would make sense to do... Yeah. Like that would make a lot of sense. He's going to show up at some point with the NWA uh, relationship. Like he goes from mm-hmm. promotion to promotion. He's a traveling uh, champion at this point. So I don't know if he signs per se, or if MWA and AW eventually kind of join forces, then we could see him because NWA is hemorrhaging talent. I don't know how many people they actually have signed anymore. So if they joined forces, you might just be bringing in three or four people. Yeah. <laughs> and they're, they'd they all be good at this point. It'd be Thunder Rosa, Nick Aldis, and I don't know, the question mark. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Lance, or Trevor Murdoch, is that his name? I know yeah. he's still worth it. Not a big fan, either. but he's a big yeah. man. <laughs> All right, so let's mm-hmm. move on to the matches. First, it starts with Allison K versus Serena Deeb. I think this has to be Serena Deeb's match. Oh yeah, same because she signed. Allison K is not, as far as we know. Maybe they'll make that announcement. I think they have to make that announcement. 
<clears throat> she has leverage, though, so maybe she's in negotiations. Because she is a veteran. And she mm-hmm. should have a lot of pull. But uh, I think, yeah, that match is going to be great. Two veterans. Oh, yeah. Like the two veterans in the AEW women's division. We've never had that. I mean, mm-hmm. like even Thunderosa is not a veteran. She hasn't been wrestling very long. <laughs> yeah. She's only it's been like five or six years. right? Yeah. And that's like from training from training until mm-hmm. now. Okay. Then the, then we have orange cat. Yeah, I'm going Serena deep as well. Oh yeah, for sure. It has to be. I think that, I think it's, mm-hmm. that match is going to be fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. And if people are uh, interested, so Allison K has had, had has had good matches in Bloodsport. If you want to watch her matches, she faced Lindsay Snow, who we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Yeah. Next match: Orange Cassidy versus John Silver. That's a draw. I'm so excited they put that on the main card. Um, yeah, it's going to be such a fun match. Yeah, it'll, it'll be fantastic. Um, I d- I don't even know what to expect from that. The the kick like John Silver's <laughs> kicking spot. Orange Cassidy's kicking spot. Maybe Orange Cassidy does mm-hmm. the kicking spot to John Silver. Who like does like the <laughs> chest kicks? Who knows what's gonna happen? I think I hmm, I don't know who's gonna win. I think I think John Silver can eat the loss. Yeah, I don't know if Orange Cassidy can. Yeah, I want to go Silver, but I think they're pushing Cassidy still, so yeah. I'll go with him. I think Cassidy needs to fade away for a little bit, but mm-hmm. but uh, I still think Cassidy wins this one. The but we do know they're putting a rocket on John Silver, so it could be him. But I'm I'm still my I'm still choosing Cassidy. Still choosing Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Then it's MJF versus Chris Jericho. MJF will join the inner circle if he wins. MJF is winning. MJF's winning, and I don't know if they do the inner circle turn on Jericho here, or if they try to build it more, but MJF's winning. Yeah, it could be... uh, It's possible that he takes over the inner circle at this point with the help of a member or two. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see. Knowing AW, that's probably not the case. They like to stretch their big storyline. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like I can see him joining and then like a month yeah. from now is when he finally then takes over. Then they'll do the whole nation of domination. Uh, mm-hmm. Long drawn out thing. Okay. Then the elite deletion, Matt Hardy versus Sammy. I think Sammy's going over in this one. Oh, you think Sammy's going to win? I think so. I think, I think Matt Hardy's going to put over Sammy because that's what you do. I can see older that. guy. Yeah. This, I could also see, I think I mentioned this to you that they could throw Sammy in the lake of reincarnation and uh, have, make him a face ooh. since he kind of had a baby face run in the, the tag match. That's interesting. Yeah. Sammy could be a good face. He's a great heel. Uh, my, yeah, that's an interesting angle. I still think Sammy wins, <laughs> but yeah, that would be, that'd be cool. Um, yeah. I'm going with Hardy, so we're going to differ on that one, but <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. I like that. All right. Then we have a, the World Championship Eliminator Tournament. Fi- oh, God. I hate that name. All right. The, the number one <laughs> contender match. So it's Kenny versus Hangman. It's got to be Kenny. Kenny. Oh, oh my God. There's yeah. so many. There's so many matches that like, it's like, well, if this isn't match of the year, I don't know what is. 
<laughs> like, yeah, I know. This is a really good card. They did a really good job yeah, this, putting this one together. This is very good. This match will be... I would pay like 50 bucks just to watch this match. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. <laughs> like, this is this match is going to be real, real good. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's Kenny, and it's going to be incredible. The storytelling they're going to put into this match? like Oh, it's going to be... There's going to be so many callbacks to every little thing they've done, and mm-hmm. it's going to be great. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna see a Komagoye in there. We're gonna see. Mm-hmm. We're ha huh, oof. Maybe Hangman won't. Hangman might do not do think, the chicken wing in this one, but yeah, probably not. Do you think Hangman kicks out of a one wing at Angel if he's winning? Yeah. If he's if he Which kicks out of the one wing Angel, for... he wins. But I don't think I don't think he's yeah. winning. I think this is Kenny's year. And then, yeah, I think you're right because I think they might save that for when Kenny, when Hangman eventually takes yeah, the title off. Kenny, I think it's, it's funny who wins the title in AEW eventually. It's, it's actually quite predictable, but it's all <laughs> the stuff that happens throughout the year in between that is, yeah, that's that you can't predict, which I like because yeah. you're just like, okay, Jericho to Moxley to Kenny to Hangman, like you can see, you can see the. <laughs> the point like the the markers all along the road but it, mm-hmm. it's fantastic regardless then cody versus darby i think this is darby's to win yeah i it's seeming like darby's gonna yeah, win I, but i don't know if brody do you think brody comes mm, back it's possible i don't know i i really don't know um yeah, but they're also talking about Darby with Cage. It, I think it maybe Darby wins and then he faces Cage after, or faces mm-hmm. um, oh, what Starks beats Starks and then has to mm-hmm. face Cage for uh, for the TNT title. So I think yeah, he might defend it against those two guys after, and maybe yeah. uh, maybe they cost Cody the match. Maybe this is where Could uh, be. Cage and uh, Taz and and Starks show up. And then Cody can wrestle for the FTW title. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. One thing I also heard was uh, Cody is banned from challenging for the AW title, not Cody Rhodes. Mm. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. Like that's you, you never you know. That's, that's kind of stupid booking, but you never know. <laughs> yeah. Um. The thing is, if, if he's he, going to go for the title, the main title, he's got to go heel first because yeah, well, that's such a heel move. Maybe he comes back as Cody Rhodes is the heel. Who knows? Although he's already declared mm-hmm. that he's Cody Rhodes. Anyways, I don't know. It'll be fun yeah. at this at the <laughs> TNT Championship match. He's going to be Cody Rhodes, so that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. Then the women's championship matches: Hikaru Shida versus Nyla. I have. I honestly have no idea. Because uh, I'm just gonna go with Sheeta, just because yeah, well, she's the champ. I'm gonna go with Sheeta because I think that they are probably going to do Baker versus Sheeta as opposed to Baker versus Rose. Like, yeah, uh, it makes more sense I, for Baker versus Sheeta. I don't think they would take the belt off Sheeta to then take the belt off Rose so quickly. Mm-hmm. But you never know. But yeah, I'm going yeah. Sheeta. I think the match will be good. I hope it's fantastic. Oh, I hope it's yeah. fantastic. And I hope we see Thunder Rosa show up. Me too. Would be fun. I kind of doubt it, but she might. 
Uh, that's that's my fun hope. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we have FTR, the champions versus the Young Bucks. If Young Bucks lose, they can't challenge for the titles any longer. Young Bucks are winning. Oh yeah, for sure. I did see after they announced they're not going for the titles anymore, and I, somebody on Twitter said, "Look for the TNT Tag Titles coming soon." Or something. Fuck, like that would that. be annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah no the young bucks are winning and i i do i thought i thought this was tacked on but the idea that they need to have their backs against the wall it's like have they not already had their backs against the wall they've been losing they've been matt's ankles broken and they've been losing the whole time they've been they've lost every big match they've been in in AEW. Their backs mm-hmm. have kind of felt like they've been against the wall. However, I do like the story that they've been telling of the pressure getting to them. Yeah. As, like, yeah, and Matt looking just, like disheveled and stuff. Just the pressure getting to everybody in the elite. I've liked that. That's been the story mm-hmm. so far with everybody. With Cody, with Hangman, with Kenny, with the Bucks. I've I've enjoyed that overall story, which is the elite have crumbled. And then mm-hmm. now this is them starting to come back, and I'm here for it. So yeah, I and I think FDR have not. I think people are starting to turn a little bit on FDR a bit. The fan base, a little, yeah. I think they're getting. I a think little, this. I think they're getting bored with them, and the one thing is, during their little open challenge that they've had, they've faced almost every team. There's only one or two teams they haven't faced, and they're the guys that are a little lower on the card. Um, so I think the the Young Bucks have more interesting matches yeah. in them because the Young Bucks can then face Santana Ortiz again. They can face TH2. They can face Butcher and the Blade. Mm-hmm. They can fa- There's a lot yeah. of heel tag teams is essentially what I'm saying, and there's not a lot of – well, there are a lot of faces, but FTR has faced them already, and they're young. It's – the, the the Jurassic Express and the private party guys. Yeah, I'm going with the Young Bucks. This match so, is going to be yeah, great, though. So, no, it, it'll be fantastic. And the, again, this mm-hmm. is a dream match. How many dream matches do we have on here? Kenny versus Hangman, Young Bucks versus FTR, and then Eddie versus Kings Moxley. versus Moxley. I didn't. Oh yeah. Yeah, or yeah, Eddie Kingston versus John. I didn't know I wanted it until now because I didn't mm-hmm. know they had a history until yeah. this year. But this this match is going to be one of the greatest things I've ever seen. And if anybody spoils this pay per view for me, I will riot. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. It won't be me. <laughs> yeah, I have I have to lock I have to lock down my yeah. uh, my socials <laughs> for uh for that night. I am going to, I'm going to do birthday celebration for my partner. That's it. I maybe I'll look. Hopefully, election coverage will be yeah. done by then. Who knows? Sweet lord, I hope there's a president. I hope there's a president <laughs> that is not kind of cool being in a country with no president, right? <laughs> Get to do whatever we want, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's, yeah. I was like, I'm in a country with no president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. In Canada, prime minister. Uh, but yeah, it's a uh, yeah, this yeah. this will be good. Um I can't wait Me for this pay-per-view, man. Either. I think it's going to I'm be... really excited for it. This is a great one and it's going to be I think the only one I haven't <laughs> watched live. But it is what it is. I will not spoil anything for I, you. I I'm going to be watching. Oh yeah, so 
what we're gonna do for this pay per view, we're gonna I'm gonna watch it. You're gonna watch it Saturday. I'm gonna watch it Sunday morning, and we are looking to record a podcast about it of our analysis and review mm-hmm. Sunday night, and so we should have it dropping Monday morning, and. If for whatever reason we have to move it to the next day, we, well, we probably won't let you know because yeah. we won't have a way of doing so. You can follow but us on Twitter, I guess. <laughs> you'll get it when you, yeah, mm-hmm. you'll get it when you get It'll it. It'll be there someday. <laughs> yeah. The plan is for it to drop yeah. 5 a.m. Monday morning, unless your Google podcasts want to drop our podcast three days later. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just what they do. I I set it to drop on Friday and it always oh, goes weird. up on Sunday. I don't know why. There's no ice storms in the forecast here, so I should be able to record. Beautiful. All right. Well, I will see you guys later. <laughs>